Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www dot blog talk radio dot com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can go to our chat room which is available right now where you can send your questions comments or prayer requests I would like to say a huge hello 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 to my family my friends true believers our church also don't forget just in case you wanted to see the video version of this podcast, go to my website at brotherprater.com forward slash reconnect my heart. It's streaming live right now. 
I want to say a thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who supported this program, and thank you for your continued prayers and support. On today's show, we're going to have our very own special guest. Uh, she was with us uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we had technical difficulties and so many other problems, but I'm glad that we have everything fixed now. So today, we're going to have the founder of There's No Love in a Lick to talk to us about rebuilding ourselves after surviving abuse or domestic violence. We're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called Life After Domestic Violence. So without further moment ado, I would like to introduce the song. Like we said, church, introduce the song and present the others. Our very own Miss Crystal Floyd and her husband, Derek Floyd. Welcome to the show, everyone. How y'all doing today? Uh-oh. Oh, sorry, sorry. Gotcha. Come on, come on. All right, now, now. How y'all doing today? We are fine. How are you? Good. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Sorry, I, I forgot to hit the button. But, um... I'm so glad you are able to come with us. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties on the other episode, but I cannot wait to get you all back on here because you all gave so many powerful nuggets that was really insightful, not just to those who uh, had experienced domestic violence, but also to those who may not have had those uh, families of the victims or the survivors that um, dealt with domestic violence. So I want to tell you on a personal note, I thank you all. Y'all were so informative. And so I want to just offer this. I want to offer this um, platform for y'all to be able to just feed us once more. Um, for those who did not uh, watch the show, uh, can y'all tell us first, about a little bit about yourself. I'll start with you, Ms. Crystal. Uh, my name is Crystal Floyd. I am the founder of There's No Love in a Leak. Domestic Violence is Real, located here in Dallas, Texas. I'm also a survivor myself. Um, I was in a domestic violence relationship for eight years, and I've been free. It'll be five years this year, December the 26th. Okay. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Mr. Derek, how about yourself, sir? Well, I me, mean, I've been I've been born and raised in Dallas, Texas. I mean, I met Crystal back in high school, but we reconnected as we got older, and uh, we married now. And this where we at, you know. Just I'm I'm the vice president of There's No Love in Nick, and I'm her backbone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Backbone, bodyguard, and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so starting with um, you were a survivor of uh, domestic violence, and just being able to look at the steps for you to be able to just get out. Can you can you tell me in your own words what was the 
what was that breaking point that gave you the courage to say, you know what, I can get out of it? My breaking point was, um, let me share this with you guys. People don't understand, we can go through so much, and I accept it so much. And it took me a while to get to my breaking point. No matter how people told me um, I need to leave, no matter what he did to me, I mean, destroyed my apartment, busted my windows, destroyed my car. And at the end of the day, I was still with this guy. When I finally got to my breaking point, it was in 2015, the day after Christmas. Um, my kids didn't even get to enjoy all their Christmas stuff. Um, he actually, we got into a big altercation. And when it got to a point where he started disrespecting me, and not only me, but he started disrespecting my children as well, calling them out of their names. I knew then that it was my breaking point because that was so hurtful. Because at first you was on, you was always hurting me, but when you got to a point where you start hurting my children, I felt like that was going to a whole other level. So I knew it was time for me. I had to leave and not look back anymore. Okay. Okay. So. So now. That breaking point has happened. You got the the courage to go forth and and get out of it. Um, can you tell me some of the steps that you did that gave you courage and also just that that motivation to just go ahead and go forward without looking back? Yes, the first step I, I took the first three steps. First, I had to find healing. Because the healing process is like the number one process that I tell anybody. You have to take. You have to take because when you're healing, you're dealing with physically, you're dealing with mentally, you're dealing with emotional abuse. So them are wounds that you have to take care of and get covered. And then you know I had to find myself. You know that was not an easy process because when you're dealing with domestic violence like myself, I deal with it for years. Dealt with it for eight years where I really lost myself. So I had to really find myself again. I had to make myself feel like I'm, I'm who I was before I went through domestic violence. Because when I looked at myself in the mirror, I didn't notice myself. When I talked, I didn't notice myself. When I was around other people, I wasn't myself. So I had to really find myself again. And then the last step is, you know, you have to have that support system. Because I don't care what nobody says. At the end of the day, we all need that support. So, you know, when you open up, I tell anybody, you find you two good people, two good friends that you feel very comfortable with of opening up, discussing what was going on, and, you know, getting that therapy. A lot of women are ashamed of getting therapists to talk to you. But I tell anybody, I didn't do it, but I wish that I did do it because sometimes I still deal with certain issues. So I would tell anybody, get you, get you some therapy, somebody that you can open up to. If you don't feel comfortable of talking to family or friends, go to a therapist and open up to them. Once you open up and you express yourself, you will feel a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, this, that was great. And was there a point that you question or you doubted your decision when you made yes, it? Yes, it was a lot of times that I, a lot of times I questioned myself because for one, we was in church, you know, and I felt like I couldn't have this marriage to 
end. I feel like I had to fight for this marriage. No matter what I was facing, I felt like I had an image. I had to prove. And so even with the process of me, maybe a year before I finally walked away, I had filed a restraining order. And I filed a restraining order because he was constantly coming to my house, kicking in my door. He was constantly, you know, fighting on me, disrespecting me. But at the same time, I was still allowing this person to still come around because we had a child together. And so with us still, you know, being around the same people, going to the same church, I question myself because I'm like, okay, we we doing good at this moment, so maybe I can make this marriage work. We don't been together five years. I mean, we don't been married five years, and we've been together eight years. So then you look at, you know, I had other kids by other people, so I feel like, okay, I have to make this work because this is my husband. And, you know, even though we're going through this little fight here and there, but sometimes it's good. So I did question myself over and over, but like I said, when you get to that breaking point, you will know it's time for you to end it. You have to end it. Hmm. Wow. Now, a lot of times, we on the outside looking in, we don't know what's going on in people's lives. Um, sometimes you mentioned on the last episode how sometimes that pretty picture, we think some people, they just have the big home, the perfect marriage, but behind closed doors, there's a another story. Um, how hard was it for you to paint that image that everything is well in not allow people to know what was really going on? It was so hard for me because I didn't want anyone to know. I had my kids to lie for me. I had my kids to cover up for me. And sometimes I wore, even if it was hot outside, I used to wear long sleeves because when he used to hit on me, he wasn't the type of person to hit me in my face. He always hit me on my arms, my legs. You know, things like that. So that's where my bruises mostly came up on. And so I used to wear, like, my scrubs all the time because I was working at an HIV center. So a lot of times I used to cover it up. Even when I went to work, I, you know, I used to try to smile. And, you know, like, I just had this perfect marriage. When I'm around my friends, I portray like I had this perfect marriage. Even on my social media, people would see us doing family pictures. They would see us doing family activities. You know, but a lot of times when we out doing these family things, that's when a lot of the, the things would occur. As far as the jealousy, you know, we at family function, you know, I couldn't speak to some of my male cousins due to the fact because he would think that I was messing with him or maybe they wasn't really my cousins and things like that. So I, it just got to a point where I stopped going to family functions. I stopped you know, just being around people because I didn't want them to know the difference in me. But in reality, people did start noticing the change in me, you know, and things like that. So it was very hard for me to try to cover my secret life. But at the same time, I worked even harder trying to pretend that I was something that I wasn't. Hmm. Wow. And you know what? I thank you for your transparency. Um, Sometimes it can do something to us mentally for people to look at us knowing whatever situation that we're in. And sometimes the devil may even try to put guilt on our minds, whatever, to make us feel like we're at fault 
and all that. Um, did you have any problems with that? Blaming yourself or uh, having yes. a guilt trip? A lot of times I blame myself um, because I feel like I forced this marriage. And I felt like I forced this marriage because I didn't want to be having four kids and not being married. And so um, I just blame myself on a lot of things. Like, I feel like even the things that he told me that he was going through in his childhood, I feel like, okay, maybe I can do this to make him better. Or maybe if I don't talk to this person, it'll make him feel better. And it was like I was so focused on his feelings versus my feelings. So I blame myself on so many levels on things that I could have fixed, you know? So after that blame, after all of that left and you were able to step out and leave, do you remember exactly that particular day, what you did, and for you to be able to just be proud of yourself for stepping forward and not looking back? Yes, that particular day, um, it was like when I was getting my, for one, I left a lot of my stuff in my place because we was living in the same household. And so I didn't want to just grab all my things at that time. So I went and stayed with my mom because it was around the Christmas holiday New Year break around all around the same time. And so I took us a few clothes over there and I stayed with my mom because at the end of the day, I still had to go to work daily. I had to, you know, put on this show that everything is still good in my household. But I was in the process of moving. I was in the process of trying to heal. I, my, my spirit was really just all over the place. And so um, I loaded up a few clothes. We went over to my mom's house. And like I said, I went to work daily, you know, still trying to cope and figure out what am I really going to do because this was not the first time that I had left. So I had to really tell myself, Crystal, you have to be done. And um, this particular time I was at work, I was still, you know, battling with myself, like, I can go back to my house and live this life and, you know, things like that. And I had a neighbor um, actually reach out to me while I was at work, and she said, are you at home? And I said, no. And she said, well, someone is in your house taking some items out of your house. And I was like, okay. And so when I got off of work, I actually went to my house. When I got, I had my best friend actually meet me there. When I got to my house, that's when I realized all my windows were busted. All the clothes that I left there was destroyed. Uh, my, from my, my room, the kids' room, upstairs, downstairs. I mean, everything was just messed up, basically. All the TVs were taken from my house, everything. And I had told myself, I cannot allow my kids to come back into this house with these busted windows. And I could not allow my kids to come back into this house with all their stuff messed up and my stuff messed up. So me and my friend, we kind of cleaned up things. And at the same time, I told her, I have to really find somewhere else to go because I don't even feel comfortable enough coming back into this house because he knows where I stay and, you know, he, he's going to come back. That's how my mind frame was set. So as time went by, I'm still, I stayed in my house, my mom, my mom house probably like three months, and I would go by my house just to check on it and everything, and once he finally thought that I really moved out, that's when I decided to move back into my place, but I had to keep a low profile, where it was at a point I didn't allow my kids to go outside anymore, I kept my kids sheltered, where they slept in a room with me every single night for the past two years, that I did not have them to sleep in the other parts of the house because I was still scared. And so um, it even got to a point where um, 
when we being scared, where I, when we did take pictures in our apartment where I stayed, I took it like outside, like outside the gate, where he wouldn't places out there like he wouldn't notice that I was at, and I was still in that process of trying to get my finances together so I could make this move and move forward and move out the situation that I was in, but I had to stay comfortable till I got to that place because I didn't have a goal, I didn't have anything set up when I decided to go. So I had to get a plan together, not only for myself, but I had to think for my children because they was comfortable in the school that they were in. And, you know, I had to really come up with a goal. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, real quick, I want to tell you some of the comments that some of the people were leaving on social media. Praise God you found the courage to find your worth to walk away. That was from Miss. Miss Craig from last week. Miss Craig. Oh, okay. Also, Thank you. Also, um, a great friend of yours said, safety first. Glad Jesus wrapped his arms around you all. And that was from Miss Ivy. Miss Ivy. Oh, thank you, sister. Yes. Yes. I, I have to say, um, she has, well, you all have a great support system. Yeah, we do. And we we definitely gonna talk about them before this episode is over. But but all of that that you went through, and you had your plan of escape to leave. Um, after you finally got a chance to just walk away, got everything out. Can you tell me that feeling when you first got a chance to just? get out and just be somewhere where it was outside of that toxic uh, toxic situation? To be honest with you, for the past three years, I was never just comfortable because I was still in that place. Mm -hmm. I finally moved to this place. It'll be almost two years in January of this year. This January that's coming up. I was still in that place living undercover, I can say. When I finally, he had got, he went to jail, and he wound up getting out of jail again. And he started reaching out because we had a child together. And when it got to a point, he bought her a phone. He stayed in contact with her, but he used to FaceTime her all the time to stay in connection with her. And at the time he stayed in connection, he used to still ask her, where's your mom? Go in your mom's room. And it used to just still put that fear in my heart. And that's when I told Derek, you know what? I cannot stay here again because he's out of jail. He's going to eventually figure that I'm still here. And that's when I decided to move. So I was still there, like I said, for three years. And I've been in this apartment almost two years. And where I am today, this is where I finally got that peace. And when I got that peace, it was just like a different feeling. I can tell you my nightmares had stopped. It was like that looking over my shoulder stopped because then nobody knows where I stay but my close friends. You know, so I felt like moving out into the country was like the best decision that I could have made because I don't have that connection where you can just run into me and see me like you was doing before. So, I mean, it was, it was real peaceful for me when I made that big change. Mm-hmm. So now you made that big change. Can you tell me the first time 
I didn't get a chance to um, let you know I was going to ask this, but it just hit me. Can you <laughs> tell me how it was when you finally made that big change and you got a chance to see for the first time since that young lady that's in your mirror? Can you tell me that experience when you first got a chance to see yourself in a mirror? Wow. When I tell you, when I looked at myself in the mirror for the first time when I was free, it was one of the best feelings in the world because I felt like I knew at this point now because I had my domestic violence group for this long now. It was like four years at the time. And I felt like, okay, this is who I am. Nobody can take that away. This is my purpose. I looked at myself and I'm like, I can just help so many women now because I'm finally in a place where I'm able to help somebody else. You know, and I just felt like, okay, I got this support system. I got this motivation. You know, Krista, you can do this. So it was a real good feeling that I was just like, I got this. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Now, I hope you're definitely proud of, the, of yourself. I always tell people you know, about, you know, I always say, you know, that person that's in your mirror and, you know, some people, there ain't nobody else in there. No, no, no. I'm talking about yourself, you know. And, and yeah. a lot of times we don't, we don't count ourselves as a person or an individual. We think so much about other people, but we very rarely think about ourselves. So that's something. Person. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, you know. Now, um, if you don't mind, I would like to ask uh, Derek something. As a matter of fact, uh, Miss Ivory said, "Turning triumph to testimony." Yeah. So. So with with Derek, um, let's just say that there is someone who may be needing a support system, or you may be, or there may be someone who may be listening, there is a support system to someone that's going through that situation. Uh, can you talk to them and give them some advice with, just like how you helped Crystal? Um, what would you tell the person that may need some advice to help be that support system to someone else? Well, let me let me tell you the story of being Christopher. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was I was down and out, you know, around 2014, 2015, and I was getting my life together. I was getting closer to God, and uh, I was watching her from a distance. And I'm like, you know, this is the woman I need to be with for where I'm trying to go with my life. So, um. I, I, we was friends, and we talked, you know, off and on while she was in her situation. And uh, she hit me up um, when he uh, destroyed the apartment or whatever. At first, I asked out on a date. I said, like, hey, you want to, you know, hook up on New Year's Eve and kick it? <laughs> and uh, she stood me up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, I asked her to go on this fast with me. I go this fast every January for 25 days. And uh, she actually did it with me. And I was still, you know, checking on her while she was staying with her mom and everything. And uh, we started talking gradually. 
And then, you know, when we started talking, I could tell she was, you know, damaged from her situation. Very broken. And uh, <laughs> very broken. And uh, we was having unnecessary arguments and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so my advice to anyone who, you know, who did someone who needs to be, you know, rebuilt or recharged. Got to be patient. Got to be patient. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You know, just remember that good thing comes to those who wait. So you wait on her to get herself together. You know she's a good woman. Just be patient in that, in, in, um, encourage her that she is beautiful and you're going to have to go through that and, Help rebuilding her, cause she gonna need help. She could she could do so much on her own, but to have that man telling her that she's this and this that and she could do this, it, it helps her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> cause I'm telling yeah. you, I was broken. He's he's serious. I was broken. Like it was so hard, you know, with the transition. Like I had to learn somebody new, but I was comfortable with the toxic. So it was like it was a it was a battle with myself. So I was very broken. I was giving him like a real hard time because every time he was trying to be the right man for me, it was like I felt like I was treating him like he was my ex. So I had to change myself and work on myself to work with him <laughs> to get what we had today. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. One of the things, because I got a chance to speak to y'all, you know, throughout the months, um, that friendship, and this is me looking from the outside, looking in, being able to see you all. One of the things I can actually say as somebody in y'all audience, y'all have a friendship where y'all communicate. Y'all have a friendship where there's that trust level, you know. and 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 even from the way that he observed, and it's it's one thing with someone trying to date or someone trying to uh, talk to somebody, you know, at just his boyfriend or girlfriend, but there's a genuine concern in friendship that mm-hmm. is real obvious with you all too, you know. And when I was when I was listening to him. Even though she was hurt as someone that he uh, admired or interested in, one of the things that I was watching him talk was his friend was hurt. You know, you understand what I'm saying? That that, that friend, not, not just the girl that he interested in, but his friend. His his friend mm-hmm. need you know need that ear or whatever. You know, she may not she may not want your heart and need your heart right now but what she need what she want is that friend and that's what you provided yeah. for her you know so yeah cause, cause with, with the, the fans, fans that was the whole thing like okay, okay I, we just sending each other scriptures and uh and praying and praying and saying and everything that was part of the okay you can get by this you can get through this you know what I'm saying uh and, and, it, it, and then through the process of the fast, he, he was doing the fast, I was doing the fast. But, but that's, that's when I think that's when the devil was attacking me even more. 
Because, because doing the whole process of the fast, fast I could have just gave up on the fast. fast. I could have said, you know, I just got too much going on, on but, but I kept pushing. pushing. Because that was the process where I'm trying to really get myself together. I'm trying to get my windows fixed in my house. I'm trying to get me another car. Trying to get the car fixed. I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to clean, clean up, get, get everything, everything back, back, back where, where it needs to be to bring my kids home. But all this was going on during the time of this fast. And I feel like that was the time I got closer to God. You know, that was the time that I learned my first Bible scripture on this fast. Because at first, I didn't have time like that. I mean, even though I was in church. But I still didn't have that time because I was so focused on a toxic marriage, didn't really have that personal relationship with God. So I feel like when that time came, when it was me on that fast, that was my connection with God. When he had my attention, when nobody else didn't have my attention. Hmm. Wow. Wow. People don't understand, even with fasting, um, fasting, it it opens it opens more. It opens you up more for you to be able to just see God move, and you. It's like it gives you deeper clarity. You know, you you can hear better. You know, I don't do it enough, but when I do it, even though I'm denying physical food, but there's a spiritual hunger that happens, and you right. feel empowered. So I'm I'm appreciative that you acknowledged about the uh the fast you know and especially when it's talking about pursuing a relationship that ultimately wants to be led to marriage you know right so so with uh crystal if you don't mind so now we're at the point where we have that support system we have gotten out in in now you're hearing God more. You're hearing God uh, um, speak to you. You're receiving scriptures from Derek and also others that are in your circle. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me some? Can you tell me some of the things that are either some other things you have done, or even some of the things you would recommend others who may be starting over with their life? You know, starting over. Um, can you tell us what we need to look for, or things we need to do in order for us to get back on our feet? Yes. I would tell anybody, first, 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 find healing. Start your healing process. Once you start your healing process, find yourself. Talk to God. Read you some scriptures. You know, I tell you to try to fix yourself up. You know, make yourself feel beautiful again because we lose ourselves. Love yourself. That's the number one key. You have to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you can't depend on nobody else to love you. But you have to love yourself. I would tell you, go and exercise to just keep yourself going and motivated, you know, and just keep uplifting yourself. Write little notes because I had to literally do that. I didn't write them on my mirror, but I had them on my closet, though. Every day I had to tell myself that I was beautiful. I had to tell myself different things that was stuff that he told me that, that I felt that was wrong with me. Like, he used to talk about my teeth. I used to tell myself, I'm going to get my teeth fixed. Look at me now. <laughs> so you have to tell yourself different things to motivate yourself, to, to make your, uplift your own spirit. You know, we can't, a lot of times when, when women get out of one situation, 
they go and jump at another one. And sometimes that other one be worse than the first one. And they always depend on love in that second one. But you can't depend on love out of that second one. You have to work on yourself first. So I tell anybody, motivate yourself. Tell yourself nice things. Keep yourself motivated, you know? Hmm. Wow. Wow. So with working out, you said a lot of beautiful things with uh, rebuilding not just the inner, but the outer too. Um, yes. And, and to be honest with you, from what I'm learning, I don't know everything, but just from observation, sometimes domestic violence, those that survive it, it affects them differently mentally. You know, I like I said, I'm still new to this arena. Um, I signed up to to be more involved. Um, it might it might be like two years by now. I think it was like September or October of 2018. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be of some help. And lo and behold, a couple of months later, little did I know that my sister was going to be um, killed because of domestic violence. But um, each person that I have spoken with, and it's not just the young ladies that have uh, been a survivor of domestic violence, it's been guys. I don't think we, I don't think that the public really talk about. Uh, guys mm-hmm. that have went through domestic violence, you know, um, and I, I think it's a pride thing. Well, we as men, we don't talk about that, you know. We, to us, it may be embarrassing, or people may uh, look at us differently because wait, you gonna let a, some woman beat up on you, you know? It, it's it's unfortunate, but for you to be able to allow God to reshape you, remold you, and for you to know who you are in spite of what transpired or in spite of what that person said you were and all that stuff, you know. Um, and, and also, even when you mentioned about, you know, you getting your teeth fixed and everything, um, I was able to look at some of the pictures from the past you have posted and there was a big difference. There's a big, a big difference. difference. <laughs> yeah. Who you were. Strength is real. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, um, your smile. It, it's like then you force yourself to smile. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be able to see a few teeth, but now, shoot, we see teeth <laughs> and everything. You know, we see everything. It's but a that's big a, yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, you know. You know, you're right now, people looking at you, I want to make sure they're able to get a good view of you. People looking at you right now, they may see the smile, but they don't know the story behind the smile. You know, people, people see you and they see your work ethic. You work very hard at trying to bring awareness to people about domestic violence. Yes. But also understand Yes, yes. You know, um you work hard and you want you want to provide the help for someone where you may not in the 
when you were in it, you may not have felt the help, or you may not have had help from what you were thinking. You may not have had help when you were in your situation. So what you were, even though there are people that love you and people that were willing to help, but maybe in your mind, maybe you didn't think that you had the help, you know, but you making sure that people know that not only there is a way out, but also there is someone that will want it or that is willing to help you get out. So I definitely have uh-huh. to tell you that, you know. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, um, just in case for those who don't know, she, I mentioned earlier, um, anytime she hear or read about domestic violence or whatever, it's like, they don't have to be locally. She don't have to know them, but she she always reaches out to try to bring awareness and try to help people because she understands. She understands how it feels, and I think that's what make that's what make people gravitate to you more. And also, even we always say in the scripture, "What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for our good." And even though that was not God's will for you to experience that. But in the midst of God turned it for you to be able to be a help to so many other people. You know, uh, right. like I said, like I said, you reached out to our family. <laughs> Say it again, Derek. The testimony. Yes, yes, yes. You know, um, you reached out to our family. You reached out to so many people's family when they're going through, uh, regardless if they survived it or even if they lost a loved one because of domestic violence, you know. So, like I said, I appreciate the work that you do. I had to just take a pause to just let you know that. And um, and just Thank so you, you know that there are people that are watching. There are people that are watching. And unfortunately, some people don't, you know, give people their flowers until it's too late. But just be mindful that there are people that are proud of you and appreciate what you do, you know. So Thank you. So now now that you're on your feet and you you making those changes physically, mentally, but also spiritually. Uh can you share with us can you share with us even now what are some of the responses your kids have said about their mom, about the difference about uh, with their mom? Um, my kids, they always tell me they are proud of me. That is like the number one thing they tell me because like, at first I would never open up, and I always had them a lot. So now I'm at a point where I have my kids. I tell them no matter what goes on in this household, Y'all let somebody know. If y'all feel like something is not right, y'all let them know. And it's something else that I, I want to share as well. A lot of people don't understand. Like my brother was saying, everybody experiences domestic violence different. And at the same time, I got to understand, these kids that watches these parents go through domestic violence, they act out in different ways. A lot of times people be so quick to go put their kids on medication or send them to do this and that because they don't know why these kids acting out. 
But these kids acting out because they see what goes on in their household. These kids don't know how to express themselves. You know, they hold a lot of stuff in. So when they get to school or they get around other people, that's their way of showing their expression. And so I'm telling anybody, if you know your kids have watched you go through domestic violence, sit down and talk to your kids instead of whooping them. Because that's where, where I had failed at. My kids was constantly getting in trouble, constantly getting suspended. They wanted to send them to MetroCare. They wanted to send them to, you know, uh, the DISD. It's like a, a theme where they have cancers for kids. And when my kids, when I actually sat down and had a real conversation with my kids, my kids opened up and they shared a lot with me. They shared a lot with me of things that I didn't even know that they even noticed or things that the feeling, I didn't even understand the things that they was feeling. A lot of my, like my, my youngest, my, my, my 12 year old at the time, she was probably like four or five. She remembers so much and, and she was really acting out a lot. My 13 year old, she was getting suspended. She was acting out a lot, you know, knocking over tables. She had like a real behavior problem. But that was all the anger that she was holding in because of stuff that I was accepting. And she knew that it wasn't right. My my oldest daughter, it's just like she holds a lot in. But now that she's older, she's 18, she just, she just basically tell me everything how she feels. She'll say, Mama, you know when this happened, I didn't like that. Or I didn't like the way when, you know, when he was fighting on you, you took it out on us. And sometimes as us parents, we do that. And we have to start checking ourselves on that because we, instead of us getting mad at this man for putting our hands on us, we take it out on our kids. So we need to start talking to our kids and getting a better understanding with our kids instead of just trying to put them on medication and feeling like we're fixing the problem where these kids are really dealing with stuff in the inside, you know, and you can notice some of the signs too as well as far as you see the kids playing with their dogs and they making the dogs fight each other. That'd be one of the signs because they see what you went through, so they reacting with their toys. You see the way your kids, that they talking to themselves. Because a lot of kids do that. You, you can catch them talking to themselves, but they see some of the things that you were going through. Or you, you might even see them whooping their dogs. You know what I'm saying? They, they just see things that you went through or when you met at this man, you started whooping on your kids because you taking your anger out on your kids because of what you just went through. We have to stop it, ladies, because that don't get us nowhere. Sit down and have a real conversation with your kids. And you'll be surprised what will come out of their mouth. Hmm. That was needed. That was needed. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think we have that dialogue with our kids. A lot of time we just because we're being parents, we just tell children, Hey, do as I say, not as I do. You know. Or right. if I tell you something, just do it. No explanation or anything like that, you know. For them to be able to be helpful and useful, for them to be able to apply it to their life, we just say, Hey, just do it and especially something like that because when you went through it you didn't go through it alone. They went through it, you know. Exactly. And so, so now do y'all do y'all have the conversation? You know, you mentioned earlier that you know your daughter would tell you um, how she felt then and everything. Um, and especially now, y'all together have girls, you know. Yes. And <laughs> and. and Actually, this is a great thing because now you have someone where he respects you 
and he respects your kids. He respects your girls, you know. Um, I got a chance to speak to, I, I think it was, um, I don't know, I don't know which ones I was speaking to, but I know uh, during the event last week, uh, they were outside, and I just wanted to know where no, they were. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was just, I was just happy that they were happy. You know, so I asked, "Hey, um, what do y'all want to do when y'all grow up, or whatever?" And then one thing led to another. We got distracted, but just being able to just <laughs> conversate. And these are happy kids. You know, I hope they don't, I hope they don't get upset at me calling them kids, young, young adults. Not bad. Okay. Okay, okay, good. They were happy young adults in spite of what they went through. You know, so they went, went through a lot. lot. <laughs> hmm. People yes, don't even so. understand. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but you know what? Thank God, like that old song, they don't look like what they went through. You know, y'all don't look like what y'all went through. And now for y'all to be able to be in a home where there once was a toxic marriage or a toxic relationship now it's a healthy relationship you know so right. now for y'all to be able to have that in your home and you finally Dr. Derek you won her heart <laughs> you won you know what if you don't mind let's talk about that let's talk about the turning point <laughs> because you know this hopefully this conversation not just to help those uh, that want to uh, get out of the domestic violence relationship, but also letting them know, even though you might have been a victim or been a, a survivor of it, just like the, old, the just like the topic life after domestic violence, that means there's also love that's accessible, that's available to you. You know, just because yes, that that situation happened in a previous relationship does not mean that the next was going to be that way. So uh, right. I, I would like, I would like Dr. Derek to talk to us about the time when you realized that you won her heart. <laughs> the time I realized I won her heart. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, like I said, we started off as friends. So, when I was checking up on her, I'd check on her and ask about how the kids were going. And she was saying, oh, everything good, everything fine. And uh, when we started dating, you know, I, I, I was surprised with the gifts and stuff like that. And she was saying, like, she ain't never had this happen to me before and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, you deserve this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you... <laughs> This is how I feel, this how, how, how I feel about you, you know what I'm saying, and let you know that, you know, it's real love out there. You know what I'm saying? And I love I love her with everything I have, man. And she's been a blessing in my life, just like she say I've been wanting hers. She just don't know how she keep me on my P's and Q's and on my toes, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's an equal thing. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate her for just giving me the opportunity <laughs> to uh, make up this business Hmm. Yes. I'm I'm glad that I came into your lives at the time that I did because um, 
he actually proposed to her on her birthday. And uh and also thank you for the invite. I was I really enjoyed myself and then just the anticipation of, Well, this this is great, this is great and all of a sudden I saw him get on her get on his knees and everything. I'm like, Oh man, we went to an event. Now this this is awesome, you know. And and for me, like I said, I had known you all all my life and anything like that, but just being able just like cutting on a TV show and you're not at the end of it, you you might have missed the beginning, but you seeing a good show that is still on and <laughs> you just you're like you don't want to change the channel, you know. And so for me to be able to just see you all relationship evolve from boyfriend and girlfriend up to the engagement and then now husband and wife, you know, that's like I said, I'm um if I can say speaking on behalf of y'all audience, y'all fans, you know, you all are a great example to us that true love still exists. And especially yes, young people especially young black people that <laughs> being honest, you know, not every yeah. man is a dog. You know, right. not every not not every woman is angry and mad and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, just being honest because you know it's it's so many people well, you know, uh Every, everybody cheating, not everybody cheating, probably just the people that you deal with just cheating, but, you know, step outside, of, you know, step outside of your, you know, your little small area. There is true love that exists, yeah. so I thank y'all for being that example to us, you know. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna acknowledge this right quick. Uh, for those who are online who wants to uh, be on the air, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. I want to read some of the comments real quick. Uh, I'm going to try to find, oh, I'm going to try to find the the comments from the other social media platforms. But, One person said, she's an angel and always help others. And this is from Miss Marcy. Miss Marcy. Oh. Miss Marcy. Uh, Thank you, Miss Marcy. Powerful, loving couple. Somebody you might know, I don't know if you know her or not, uh, Anita. Anita, you know her? Anita. Oh no, I'm My sorry, Arnetta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you, you might know you, her. Thank <laughs> you, You might know you her. Get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. She might shake me afterwards. Yeah, you, you might know her, Miss Arnetta. <laughs> and also, Miss um, Marcy. Yes, yes, yes. They sure are great examples. Yes, y'all definitely Thank are. You so, much. so, as we get ready to. Wrap it up. Um, first, I'm gonna throw this to Derek, and then I'm gonna have uh, both of y'all to uh, 
give us some uh, pointer words. To Mr. Derek, there may be some guys that may be watching who may have no idea what damage they're doing to their wife, to their girlfriend, or even to somebody's daughter about mistreating them. Can you can you talk to the guys out there who may not be treating the young ladies like the way that they deserve to be treated? Can you can you speak to them for a minute? Well basically you you put a strain on your own neck. Like if you have a family and you go there in front of your kids, you 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 hurt you. You know what I'm saying? We say self-love is everything. It's the most important thing. You don't love yourself if you hit on your woman. I mean, this this is cool old hip down your household, and you you doing damage in front of your children who might pick up your traits and do that to their wife, you know what I'm saying, and in front of their kids, and this is legacy you leave leaving. You shouldn't want that. You should want the legacy of an abuser. And uh, everything is love, man. Like, it ain't, it ain't, how can I say it? It ain't, it ain't corny to be a loving guy, a nice guy. You know, they say nice guys with his legs and stuff. Like, you ain't got to play hard, and especially with your woman. You ain't got to do that with your woman. You know what I'm saying? So, just do everything with love, man. Hmm. And love is not physical. Hitting your woman and making her be scared of you and all that, that's not, that's not it. I'm pushing her away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I always, tell, I always tell the guys, you know, if you had a daughter... That's over, that was at the age to get married, and she came home with a man that was just like you wanted to marry. What would you tell her? No. Just like me? No, no, no. He's saying that if it's a dude that fight on a woman and a dude was fighting on his daughter that do the same thing he does, how would he feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, 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 have, we that, have to have that know, conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, I have, have to have that conversation. <laughs> huh? Well, uh, like, like if my daughter, that's what you say? No, like, for instance, it's a man that fight on his woman, but his daughter is about to get married to a man that fights on her. How would he feel with, the, you know, under his daughter marrying this man knowing that he fights on her, but you fight on a woman too? Yes, yes. And I think that's one of the things that guys that do that kind of behavior, they need to look at, you know what? You doing that to somebody's daughter. But what yeah. if somebody do that to your daughter? You know, you know think you about might it. You do it to the wrong person's daughter one day. Yeah. So yeah. you like you you just do everything with love, man. You'll live longer. Like <laughs> yeah. you yeah. simple as that. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. Yeah, it's not your fault. You're not responsible for somebody acts somebody else's actions. They you know, wrong Yeah. 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 One of the phrases I hear, I hate to hear, and I'm not gonna say his name, but there was a celebrity that said that the right man would change for the right woman. Uh. If it if it ain't in him to change for himself, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's not, yeah, that's not a good, yeah, that's not a good quote. Exactly. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, he he's the one that's making the money and everything. You know, he's he's known. He wrote a book called. Um, Act like a woman, think like a man, and you know, hey. But oh, yeah, I look tough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, but but um, but I thank God, uh, Derek. I want to tell you, I thank God that you didn't give up. You didn't give up, right, uh, Krista? I I thank God that you didn't give up. You know, um, your victory has helped others to receive victory, Derek. You being able to see behind the scenes, you being there, and also even just you being there as a friend to be able to help her listen and everything, that also helped you to understand what you were dealing with. You know, right. you you understood her story, her struggle, right. and, yeah. and and be realistic. You had a choice. Stay there <laughs> or leave. Being honest, you know, and I'm yeah, you did have a choice, yeah, yeah, yeah. But love made you stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's why, why I was laughing. It was a challenge. <laughs> but I knew, I knew it was her. The 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 good definitely outweighed the bad, and that's how you got to look at things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understood the bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so let that focus on the good and being on that. And eventually, the bad go away. <coughs> and it did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, we we happily married now, and I'm, and I'm just focused on building on us. And, you know, still support us to the fullest. Yes. Yes. So now, what would you like to say? Uh, I'll start with Crystal. Uh, what would you like to say to the young lady that may be uh, debating, you know, if she should stay or go? And then also for that young lady or guy that may be um, feeling scared, maybe timid. About taking that step to get out of this situation, what would you like to tell them? I would like to tell them, Lady Earth, it's a guy, whoever it is. I would tell you, face your truth, ask yourself a few questions. And if nobody don't know what you're going through, you know what you are going through. Get yourself out of it, it's not worth it. It's so many resources out here. I'm telling you, a lot of people always say it ain't no resource. Nobody ain't trying to help. You have to go and search for these resources. There's resources out there that's willing to help you as long as you're willing to help yourself. 
so many shelters have so many programs for mostly women with children that's going through domestic violence will help you step out on faith and will help you get into a safe place so you can get on your feet and move forward. So get yourself out of it. Face your truth. You know it's not worth it. You know, love yourself. You know, people say all the time you got... Well, you live every day. I mean, you got to die one day or however it goes. But I tell people this. We live every day, but we die. When we go, we go. You know what I'm saying? So get yourself together. Leave that situation. Work on yourself. Get your kids in a safe place. Don't stay comfortable in no domestic violence relationship because it's not worth it. Yeah, and also to Derek, uh, what would you like to say for someone who may be? Um, I'd just say not only for those who may be that support system, but also, if you don't mind, talk to that guy that was abused. Can you talk to him just to let him know, as a as a big brother? Can you talk to him and? Just speak some words of encouragement to him. I mean, for the guy that's being abused, I know it ain't even just got to be physical. It's about she could be talking down on you, uh, saying you'll never be nothing without uh, anything like that. It's love out there for you, man. And uh, it's life outside of what you're going through. That ain't ain't the end. You know, so just... Like like the, like she was saying, with love yourself, you got dudes. We gotta love ourselves too. Like we, we probably just, you know, just it, it, it's tough because she telling you she ain't showing you love, but you 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 loving on her, whatever. Just just step out, man, on faith. Yes, that's number one. Step out on faith. You know, you know, pray. Uh, fast, whatever you gotta do to get your your, your spirit right, uh, to heal, to, to step out and be strong, and let you know that it's life outside of what you're going through. Do that, man. Hmm. I appreciate y'all. Uh, I've definitely been honored to have y'all in. Also, I thank God that. There were no problems with the audio. Um, I'm, I'm multitasking to be able to hear the uh, podcast as well as see how it sounds or listen to how it sounds on uh, on the live stream and no interruptions. So I, I thank God for that. Amen. Yeah. Now, before, before we get ready to um, depart, can you tell us about your um, – Nonprofit organization and also some of the outings that you have coming up. Okay, um, I have a nonprofit organization here in Dallas, Texas. I also partner up with um, Operational Community Care here in Dallas. They help single families with diapers and milk. And um, I also partner up with another organization that's located in uh, Los Angeles in Las Vegas. And it's Voices Against Violence for Women and Children. That's, like I said, it's in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. 
Um, you, you can, can contact, contact me personally uh, with my P.O. box here. It's P.O. box 305 in Wilmer, Texas, 75172. You can also email me at nolovenalick at gmail.com. And uh, we also have an event coming up on December the 12th. We're going to actually be traveling out to Austin. I normally, you know, do things here in Dallas, but I had a visit in Austin. And it's a lot of homeless out there in Austin that needs a lot of help. So I decided to travel out there this year and give back to that community. So if you guys would like to donate socks, you would like to donate, you know, curl packs, towels, drop towels, we are accepting donations, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, we will be meeting up. I'm a, uh, I will be putting up the flyer again, but we'll be meeting up uh, on the 12th at 3 p.m. in Austin, Texas. Anything, fellas, old clothes, shoes, you know where? Jackets, anything you can donate to us to give out to the people at home in the office that's homeless. And we'll come and pick them yeah, up we'll or whatever. No matter the size, you got, if you got kids clothes, whatever you have that you don't use, donate to us and we're going to take them down to the office and uh, we're going we to try to feed them and and we won't be out there all day, dude. You know, if you witness any of our events that we've done here, we're going down there to do it this time. And we are. Volunteers, you guys are welcome to travel with us to go to Austin and give back to that community. You know, we're not turning down anybody that want to come out and help. Yes. Yes. We really appreciate you all for what y'all do. And also, I do want to say this. Um, for those who are interested just know they do a lot of things. So for those who do want to uh, donate, not just to the event for December, but anytime, you know, they always are yeah, for the homeless. Yeah, yeah this, we, we don't, don't just do this for domestic violence awareness month. This right. is year right. around for us. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. So um, they, they do it, and they're not the type that would you know, publicized just to, you know, get that. No, they do it because of the love of the people. This is something, yeah. it's a genuine love. I don't, I don't really endorse a lot of um, movements or um, organizations because a lot of times uh, you don't really know how a person is. And some of them, they just do it for the limelight. But I can say you all are, a great group of people that I definitely endorse and give my right hand of fellowship and blessings to Thank you. Um, you know, you all have definitely, like I said, been a blessing to us, to uh, us as well as my family and myself. And thank you all so much for what y'all do and, and also for just being able to just love people the way that y'all do. And so with that, yeah, do what the Lord put on my heart. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You do it, and um, as we get ready to, as we get ready to uh, depart, if you don't mind, uh, Mr. Derek, if you don't mind closing us with a word of prayer. Uh, oh, before I forget, uh, before we get ready to have a word of prayer, I want to make sure to let people know um, I'm going to definitely have 
the links for those who may want to get in contact with uh, the floors. I'll make sure to have the links along with this uh, this episode, so that way, if y'all want to get in contact, donate, y'all are welcome to. So, if you don't mind, Mr. Derek, uh, if you can close us with a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for filling us with your will. Continue to cover us, wrap your arms around us. Pray for those who might be going through something, Father God, who don't know a way out. Let them find you, Lord, and, let them, and you show them that it's a door to what they're trying to get out of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. Uh, feel free to uh, get in contact with me. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. You can uh, catch me on Facebook, or you can go to uh, my website at www.brotherprater.com. And that is real. I name, hope by I the pray. Way. That, ain't no, that ain't no alias. His real name is Brother Prater. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <My real name. laughs> yes. So I I thank you all so very much to the floors. Once again, I thank you all. Um, I'm excited for what God is going to do for you all and also through you all. So I want y'all to continue to keep your heads up. And also, even right now, I want to make sure that we pray against any backlash. You know, a lot of times, whenever there's a powerful move of God, the devil always try to bring some type of distraction <laughs> afterwards or whatever. So we're not going to even focus. We're speaking against it right now. And I, I'm also hey, praying hey. for those who are hey, hey. even watching and the, listening. The, 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 devil, the devil always beats, but he don't never work harder than God. He don't never work harder than God, do. So we're we going to be all right on that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. See, see, that's why it's so important to have that support system. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go say it. I might, I might get fired. I might uh, have some people get mad at me. But ladies, if your man ain't supporting you, you got the wrong man. Uh huh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's it. Ladies, if you have to have your goal, your dream, and you have to support yourself, and you have a man that ain't supporting you, right. you need to leave him alone. There you go. Mm-hmm. Leave him, and also vice versa. Vice yeah. versa. It's time, yeah. for us, it's time for us to receive the happiness that God wants us to have instead yeah, of trying is. to create this artificial happiness when God has the real thing. Remember this. Make sure before God sends the real one, the devil gonna always try to bring an imitation. So beware of the imitation before God uh-huh. reveals yeah. the real one. So, but I I appreciate y'all so much, and I hope and pray that you all have a great night rest. And once again, for the, those who are online, those who are on social media, I. Thank each and every one who tuned in. And once again, to the Floyd family, thank you all. You all have the right hand of fellowship to come by at any time to visit, to call thank line. You. You ain't, look, here, you ain't even have a having an excuse up. or a topic. <laughs> you just want to say, you just wait to be on there. I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care y'all talk about crickets 
it's all right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate y'all. Much love to you all. And I thank each and everyone who tuned in to reconnect my heart. So God bless you all. And good night. Good, good night. night. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.